0: Hey everyone, it's Alex from the Whiskey Geeks and the WhiskeyGeeks.com, and today we've got a, another of our short box video series. So, what I'm going to be looking at today is The Last Ronin, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story. Uh, This actually is specifically is the director's cut of the issue one, so there's so far there have been two issues that have been released. Uh, I'm just gonna focus on the first one, don't want to get too much into an ongoing story that might have some spoilers if people haven't been able to pick it up yet, but this is an incredible story and something really interesting that you learn in the director's cut version of it is it has Kevin Eastman's original pitch for this story back in 1987. Where he wrote out the basic plot points of how he envisioned this. And then you actually see his handwritten notes now superimposed over top of that from 2019, where he was then repitching this, saying, hey, we could still use this bit, and why don't we change this? So, it's super interesting for like having read the Director's Cut version and all the extra stuff at the back to get some of those extra details. But for those of you that don't know, The Last Ronin finds the last surviving Ninja Turtle in the future uh, trying to avenge his fallen brothers and Splinter as the, uh, the city is ruled by the Foot Clan and it's actually ruled by the Shredder's grandson, Oroko Hitoro and it starts off with uh the last ninja turtle i mean i'll I'll show it to you here but he's dressed uh, all in black he has a black mask and he is carrying one katana uh, a staff uh, a sai a pair of nunchucks and he's got a tonfa and you have no idea who it is so it starts off with him on the outskirts of the city and then he of course uses the sewers to get in and infiltrate into this futuristic uh, city, which has um, like walking robot ninjas and everything is very much locked down. And the lower levels of the city, like in a lot of sort of futuristic uh, films or books or, or comics, whatever it is, um, the lower levels are sort of where, you know, like the poor, the ruffians are. And then as you get further into the city and higher up in the city, that's where of course the ruling class is. So. Um, The master of the Foot Clan is in this tower right in the center of the city and the last surviving Ninja Turtle is trying to infiltrate all the way there to go and seek his revenge. Um, So the the title of this, uh, part one, it's actually titled Wish for Death. Um, It's got this really cool splash page uh, right at the start which just shows sort of, you know, like um, New York City walled off with the lights and then the tower right in the center. It's got amazing, I mean, the artwork always is amazing with Ninja Turtles. Uh, The story is really cool because you don't find out who the actual turtle is until the very last page of issue one. I'm not going to spoil it, uh, just in case you haven't watched it or watched it. I I grew up watching the movies and the cartoons. Uh, In case you haven't read this book yet, I'm not going to go ahead and and spoil that. I want the reveal to be as fun for you as it was for, uh, for us and for me when I first read it. So it, uh, it follows the path of the turtle as he, you know, goes layer and layer and bypasses security here. And it's, it's all the classic bits. You know, you've got size getting thrown and, um, you know, taking out some of these robots. Uh, the martial arts is, is incredible. It's a bit more of a grizzled older Ninja Turtle. Uh, you can see that he's not in um, you know, tip-top shape, he's getting tired, he's uh, finding it more difficult. Some of the, the robots that he's going up against have, I guess have had upgrades he says, so they're a little bit faster, they're blocking stuff that normally he was used to getting through. But it's, it's super interesting and uh, at one point one of the really cool visuals that you see is he's got all four of the colored masks that they all wore and he lays them across each one of the weapons as he's uh, you know, preparing for something. Again, I don't want to get into it too much, but, and it's so even at that point when he's sitting and he's laying it all out, you get this great imagery of uh, the four masks and he's paying homage to his fallen brothers. And throughout the story, there's this conversation that he's having in his mind. And then from off panel, you get these little bubbles of text that are coming in and he's actually having this conversation with his, fall, his three fallen brothers and they're saying like, I think this is a bad idea. And like, are you sure you're gonna make that jump? So it's nice. It does have, uh, it still has some of that lighter feel that you get from the Ninja Turtles, but it's a, like obviously a very serious book. It's a bit of a darker take, you know, like there's loss, there's there's real pain that you can feel from the one surviving. He feels guilty about the fact that he survived clearly. Um, When you get into the second book, uh, it explores and gets into a bit of that uh, a little bit more. There's uh, some flashbacks that happen that shows um, how uh, a certain of the Ninja Turtles uh, met their end, how it happened. You get a bit of a story about uh, you know what maybe broke up the Turtles, what happened to Splinter. Um, little bit of Casey Jones, April O'Neil sprinkled in there. Uh, So it really does hit, uh, hits that nostalgia for me as a big fan of the Ninja Turtles when the movie came out. I can't believe it's been 30 years uh, since the Ninja Turtles sort of came onto the scene. And I remember, I still remember going to uh, the movie theater in London, Ontario. My whole family went. Um, I'm pretty sure my brother had to sit like off by himself like there weren't enough seats because it was packed it was sold out and he must have been like seven and I'm pretty sure he had to sit like off on his own and I think he's told the story where uh, like some random dude is just like hey you want some popcorn Um, anyways and we came out and we were doing spin kicks or what we thought were spin kicks and it actually led to both of us uh, taking karate for several several years and it was all because we loved the turtles so this book uh, absolutely incredible so far Um, I've got obviously the first two, I picked up the director's cut because I wanted to see all that extra stuff that was in there as well. So, um, artwork's fantastic. Um, Like Kevin Eastman, like the writing's amazing. Like him and Laird are back together, like they're writing the story together. They've passed off the ongoing series to let someone else sort of take the, the, the reins, which allowed them to go back and like revisit this idea that I guess he's had since 1989. And he's now been able to have the time to like really put some thought and some work to developing this, to getting this out. So uh, it's awesome. Uh, it gets the Whiskey Geeks uh, seal of approval. I highly recommend you go out and and find a copy of it, give it a read. Let us know what you think. Um, put, uh, put some comments down there. If you, let us know if you were surprised by who the final, uh, the remaining Ninja Turtle was. Uh, I, I'm not sure what I expected really, but I was—I mean, I was happy. Obviously, I'm happy with whoever's whoever's there. But uh, it's—it was—it was a great read. It had a nice reveal at the end of issue one, and it looks like you're going to get a bit of the backstory throughout this this series. So I'm very excited to see where it goes. So, uh, from us here at the Whiskey Geeks, hope you're having a great night. And remember, scotch and stories—they belong together. Cheers.